Welcome to the Dream Chasers podcast. I'm your host, Jess Shuruk. I'm a photographer for wellness brands, and I teach bloggers and business owners how to style and photograph content for their own brand with my brand photography course. I created this podcast to share the stories of entrepreneurs pursuing fulfillment, wellness, and spiritual enlightenment over traditional measures of success. Their stories and experiences are meant to inspire, expand your belief of what's possible, and empower you to actualize your dreams. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share it with someone who could benefit from the information and stories you're about to learn. Hello everyone! In this week's episode, I'm interviewing Laura Murphy. Um, I met Laura actually through my... Um, what's it called? Mastermind group that I've been in for the past few months. And she is such a sweet soul. We've chatted so many times because we keep becoming uh, accountability partners. So we have weekly check-ins and I really wanted to interview her for this podcast. Um, so Laura, before she launched her business, she had a very like traditional kind of career path that I think most people can relate to. She worked in marketing for 15 years and really felt like she needed to pursue the corporate path because it was, you know, secure and it was kind of what she was supposed to do based off of what her family was telling her and what she kind of picked up from society. But she wasn't fulfilled. She wasn't happy. And after you know, due to certain circumstances like companies downsizing, she experienced a couple different layoffs and she finally just had the last straw and decided to finally pursue her purpose and her passion and launch her business, which is now called Soul Body. So in this episode, we talk a lot about the different blocks around quitting your nine to five, which I find so interesting because I definitely had these blocks myself and maybe other people experience the same lines of thinking. We also talk about how to reframe these limiting beliefs. Um, We also talk a lot about different morning rituals. We're both very ritual obsessed and the transformation of breath work because that is what her business is now focused on. And I did this interview with her before I actually tried breathwork myself. But now that I've tried it, I am not going to lie. Before I tried it, I thought, breathwork, that sounds relaxing, meditative. It sounds chill. It sounds peaceful. But it's anything but that. Breathwork is very transformational. It's very visual. And you are kind of like out of this. It's like an out of this world experience, honestly. You have a very uh, like intense visualizations and thoughts and physically it feels so strange because you're kind of just moving energy around and through your body just by changing your breath and it is a crazy experience so I love that she shares more about breath work and I'm so funny because in this episode I'm just very like huh I don't really know anything about it but I'm very interested in trying it and now that I have tried it I can highly, highly recommend it to anyone who wants to really just tap into their intuition and learn about themselves on a much deeper level. Yeah, we also talk about things like um, how your intuition 
really guides you in interesting ways when you are on the wrong path. And it shows up in ways um, such as physical symptoms. And these are things we both experience. So we kind of talk more about that and really just how her business is now so focused on healing people and having them return to their body and soul. So I love everything that she talks about and she has so many amazing insights and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her and hear about her story. Hey guys, I'm here with another episode of the Dream Chasers podcast and today I'm talking with Laura. Hey, so great to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited Um, to be here. Yeah. So I wanted to start off just by, I don't know, getting to know more about your backstory, like where you grew up and where you went to school. Yeah. Great question. Um, So I grew up on an island just off the coast of Canada. Uh, For those familiar with Canada, I'm from Newfoundland, uh, which is a pretty unique place, um, but also a pretty sheltered place. I learned a lot. Um, And I also learned I didn't want to live there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, I I pretty much lived there on and off until I was 30. Uh, And I went to school there. I went to university there. Um, Like many people, it's pretty easy to get sucked in and stay forever. Um, But yeah, so I did, I studied marketing. I went through business school, just the typical, you know, go to university when you're finished high school sort of story. Um, Yeah. And here I am. (laughs) And what made you decide to go into marketing and business? Uh, (laughs) um, I, I was lost going into university. To be honest with you, I didn't want to go to university. And I told my mom that (laughs) and she cried. So, (laughs) um, because you know, that's not the path that everybody takes. Um, so I have two older brothers. One is 10 years older than me and the other one is five years older than me. Uh, and they have both done business. My oldest brother knew I was very creative. Um, and through the business program. So we had, uh, co-op work terms or whatever, and he did lots of really cool traveling with that. And that's what I really liked. I'm super passionate about traveling. So he's just like, you know what, go do marketing. You can be creative. You can travel the world. Um, and you can do cool things. A part of me wanted to do education. Um, both my parents were teachers and there's a part of me that's always wanted to be a guide. But my mom also told me, my mom's not a bad person. It seems like I'm villainizing her. But um, <laughs> when I was picking what I was going to do in university, she's like, there's two things I don't want you to be. One is a rock star and two is a teacher. And I couldn't How say. How come she didn't want you to be a teacher? Because if she was a teacher, I'm curious. Um, I think she just saw the education field changing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I probably should ask her that now that, you know, I'm more mature. I mean, yeah, my mom's a teacher and I feel like she would have loved if I went and became a teacher because she was so pro the teaching field. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I was going to do phys ed because I've been an athlete my whole life and yep. my, my dad had done phys ed and he's just like, no, absolutely not. Wow, they really discouraged you from that route. Yeah, they were also helping to pay so that it was a big mm-hmm. They had an <laughs> influence on your, your chosen path. <laughs> yeah. So I did business. Um, it was based around a lot of shoulds and just kind of going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of feel like going into marketing and business was the most creative path that you could kind of pursue in a career? Is that kind of why? I think it was all I knew, to be honest. Like, I, yeah. I don't think that I knew there was any other options mm-hmm. for creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, to back it up, I remember the day in grade 12 sitting in the cafeteria speaking with a guidance counselor on, like, you know, picking the course for the rest of your life. And she's like, you should be a journalist or a teacher or a marketer. 
Um, and you're like, and which I, of those three sounds best? <laughs> I totally right. Like after doing yeah. just one of those like fill in tests. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's all I knew. I didn't know much else outside of that. I knew I was going to go to school where I lived and just kind of picked from the options that I had available to me. Wow. And you know, so you've worked in the marketing field for several years now, right? Like what, 10 yeah. to 15 years? I forget. Yeah, exactly. Going on, we're going on 15 years. Wow. 15 years working in the field. And I love how I feel like everyone I've interviewed has like, I have very parallel journeys with them because just like the similarities you've already said, like I picked a career based on like what's most creative. And I went into fashion communication because it's mm -hmm. on the business side, but then I actually worked in marketing after I graduated but I only did it for one year and then I was like, this is not for me, but kind of interesting, <laughs> like just like a similar thought process. Yeah. Um, for sure. So I'm curious, like, what did you do at your different marketing jobs? Like I want to know about that experience. Oh, wow. Um, so I've had a lot of jobs. <laughs> I want to know um, about them all, like go into it. I'm curious. I, I have a tendency, so I get, I get bored really easily. Um, mm -hmm. And when I master something, so to speak, I'm like, okay, got it, ready to learn something new. And that's when I would start kind of looking for something else. And I almost found the thrill of the chase of finding a new job more exciting than actually like getting into the job and, you know, doing the mundane nine to five thing. Yep. Um, but I've done a bit of everything. I've worked for, uh, actually my first job was pretty cool. I worked for a motorsport company um, where it was like a traveling seven day motorsport race around the province of Newfoundland, which was super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, like two years into it, I was like, I was done with it. So moved on. I worked for a law firm, which was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> yeah, why was it so like awful? Um, working for lawyers is not easy. <laughs> okay. So they're all essentially like all partners or owners. Um, so instead of having one boss, I had, you know, 50, which was Ooh. difficult. And yeah. The funny thing with marketing is not a lot of people see the value. <laughs> they don't, there's nothing, unless you're like producing booklets or, mm -hmm. you know, something tangible, they don't tangibly see what you do for the company. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the time was just kind of establishing my worth inside and then kind of doing other things. Yeah. Um, I worked for the university back home, um, which was super cool, a super creative team. Uh, we kind of operated like an agency. I've done a couple of agency jobs, um, which have been interesting and like super creative, mm -hmm. which is what I love. Um, and then I moved to Vancouver about seven years ago and I've been predominantly working in tech ever since. Okay. So small, everything, everything from small startups, like two people, um, all the way up to big, like 10,000 people companies. Wow. Yeah. And what did you, how did you find like the work environment like at a nine to five? Like I wanted to know, cause you were very like, I do not want a nine to five. You're like, <laughs> I, mean, I want to get out. So like, what was the, why did you want to get out? Like, anyways. Yeah. I, I have always known, I think since I was like one, that there's something different out there for me. I didn't like mm -hmm. the fact that someone told me I had to be at an office from nine to five mm -hmm. and especially being a creative being told I need to be creative within these this window of hours I, is crazy to me because mm -hmm. um, inspiration I, can I, hit anytime <laughs> totally I get most of my inspiration when I like walk my dog at six in the morning um, wow. and I'll like white voice memo my ideas and things like that mm -hmm. um, I just find the structure of a nine to five just I think it's outdated and I you know working in tech, they're leaning a bit toward, more towards like, Hey, you have freedom, but like no one really means it. Um, mm. and to be honest with you, my heart has never been into working for somebody else. 
I, I just, I can't get passionate about things like banking and oil and gas. It's just, I am a very heart led person and it just Mm -hmm. wasn't aligned for me. Yeah. What does like light you up? Like what does make you excited to, to do every day? I, I think it's finding something that truly connects with my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually it's through sharing my own experiences and, you know, sharing the tools that I pick up and helping other people. I just want to help other people think differently and think beyond the confines of what we've been told is possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think we're in a really interesting time that so much is possible. I mean, no one would have said there is a job entitled influencer even like five years ago. So So just (laughs) which is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So even just pushing beyond what we think is possible. Like I think if, if something in your heart is telling you that there's something else out there, keep looking. People thought I was crazy to jump from job to job. I mean, I remember my mom always saying, or my sister-in-law, like, when are you going to settle down? And because all they saw was like a pension and, you know, longevity. And I'm very much the case in point that, you know, this nine to five isn't necessarily a secure thing. Um, I've been let go go from three jobs since I moved to Vancouver and like none of it performance-based, just like situational, Mm -hmm. like companies running out of money. But I, I think it's a lot coming from the energy that I'm putting into it. Um, I think Mm -hmm. the last time I got let go from a job, I called my friend crying on Mm -hmm. a Monday saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm miserable. It's Mm -hmm. it's killing me. And then Tuesday they gave me my notice. (laughs) Whoa. So you were already like, I don't like working here. I don't want to continue. And then they gave you the notice. Yeah. And, but like, not just me, like half of the workforce, but I happened to be one of the people. And I was just like, but you kind of got what you asked for. (laughs) I hundred percent got what my, what I asked for, which is funny. Mm -hmm. This is funny. I've had it. I've also had that happen to me before where I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. And then like literally right away, it was like, we don't need you anymore. And I was like, oh crap, I got to be careful what I ask for. I mean, yeah, it really blessing makes, in disguise, but. <laughs> it really makes you take a step back and be like, okay, my words are actually really powerful and maybe I should yeah. put some more emphasis on what I do want rather than what I don't want. Yeah, it's so true. Hmm. So what, like, what kept you working in in marketing for now almost 15 years, like what was the mindset you had that just like, was like, I need to stay because of this. It's been a really interesting dance and it's only now that I'm coming out the other side of it. So I, you know, I think we're told that following that path is a secure thing mm-hmm. and you know, it's what you should do and you get benefits and mm-hmm. two weeks holiday year, you know, like all those exciting things. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> Um, wow. <laughs> so I think it was the fear of, of actually stepping away from that and following my heart. And it was the fear of like, what if it failed? Um, what kept me in the jobs was money. Essentially. Like I moved to Vancouver from Newfoundland and the cost of living in Newfoundland was pretty low, which is lovely, mm-hmm. um, to the city in Canada that has the highest cost of living, which is yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just always felt like I was trying to kind of keep up. So I would, you know, get laid off from a job and I'd start following the path of, okay, I'm going to start my business and follow my heart. Um, but then I'd get a job offer that, you know, it wasn't a job I'd necessarily be interested in, but the salary was nice. And I'm like, okay, I could do this. I can do anything for a year kind of thing. And then just like one year led to the next. And it kind of kept being the same thing. And I've done this song and dance a couple of times where I've stepped out on my own and, 
then an offer comes and I get kind of swept up in like, oh, but it's really secure and I'll make Mm -hmm. money. And just like the fear of not being able to make money on my own. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Sorry, I need to clear my throat. (laughs) (laughs) But because yeah, the security and just like, that's what everybody does. And there's like a fear that you're not going to be able to support yourself when you don't have that regular paycheck coming in every other Friday. But like what I'm finding is it's probably the least secure out of anything. I mean, at the end of the day, in a lot of these companies, you are a number on a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and when they need to cut costs, it doesn't matter how close you are with a CEO. It doesn't matter how close you are with your boss. It doesn't matter how good of work you do. You're a number, which is crazy to me. And I think as someone who's a heart led person, like that is so out of alignment with me. Yeah. Yeah. I've also seen at like a company I worked at where I was a new graduate. So obviously I get like paid a low salary or whatever, like, and they hired a bunch of new graduates, but then they like cut a bunch of people that have been there like 10 plus years that were getting paid obviously a lot more than us. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, oh, we can pay these people half as much. But that just means the people that have been there that long, like so long and developed those relationships and like, you know, I mean, have worked their way up the ladder. There's no security in that. Someone younger than you, someone who would gladly accept a lower pay rate can just come in and swoop and take your job. There is no, there is, it's true. There's no security. And it took me like seeing that to be like, oh, I'm only here because it's secure and because I'm getting a regular paycheck. But in all reality, like this isn't, this isn't secure. So I kind of had a similar realization to you when I was in that. I was like, and now I don't know if you feel this way, but now when I think of like what's actual security, I almost find when you're building up your own business and you have clients, you're having money come in from like several different streams, right? So even if one client decides to stop working with you or say if you're like, I have a course, you know, digital products, whatever, like however you're making like your income, Mm -hmm. if you have like, a lower month in one stream of income, like fewer course sales or you know what I mean? You're kind of like, I'm not completely out of an income because I have different, I've set up different sources and you've built up credibility. Like you could launch something new. You could, you know, again, just any sort of like marketing strategy. Like you're like, Oh, I'm going to open up more client slots. I'm going to make something a new product or I don't know just branch out in different ways. Like there's almost more possibilities when I find when you have your own business and you have more incentive to hustle to mm-hmm. get money coming in. Cause I find it's so easy in, you know, the standard nine to five to be complacent. Like how often would I go into work and like, you know, it's been half my day drinking coffee and in meetings that meant nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like not really being motivated to do anything because I knew there was a paycheck coming in every two weeks. Whereas now that I'm on my own, I'm like, Oh, I get to, I get to try all these different things and see what works and, you know, some things don't work. So I have to hustle a little harder to to get some money coming in. Yeah. You're almost like more driven to actually provide value to the people you're serving. Cause you're like, that's how I'm going to, you know, get paid is like the exchange of value. Like I need to actually provide something useful to someone and like help them get results but when you're just like guaranteed that paycheck, you're like, well, you're a bit more, yeah, like you said, complacent. Yeah. I heard a, um, a quote on a podcast the other day. I was listening to Oprah's podcast. I listen to podcasts like it's my job. Yeah. Um, and this guy was talking about finding your soul's work, which I completely align with. And that's like mm-hmm. where I'm 
moving in the direction of with my, my business is helping people do that. Yeah. Um, but he said, most people in our society work a job that they don't even think should exist. How sad is that? Yeah. I heard that. And I was just like, what are we doing? Like, I just feel like we're giving away our sense of self-worth and people are putting us in a place of very low self-worth. If it's a job that literally doesn't matter. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I am curious, like, so how did you shift your thinking to like, leave the, like what you used to perceive as secure nine to five, um, and doing something you weren't passionate about to then really just pursue, like, like you said, like your life's purpose and like go out on your own. Like what, what, how did you, yeah, like shift your thinking? Well, I don't like to learn lessons quickly. So it did take take me being laid off from three different jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, I, how did that feel too? I'm just curious. Like, how did you feel like when that was happening? Did it feel like a sign or did it feel like, why is this happening? Like what went through Uh, your mind? The first time I was pretty upset Mm -hmm. because I, you know, like I was very close with the, my CMO, like my boss, like I was in with the company, but literally they laid off half of their workforce. Yeah. So I was pretty upset then. Um, the second time it happened, I'm like, hmm, this is probably a nudge. Um, and that's when I, I took off. And I think I told you how I went traveling for six months to kind of like, quote unquote, find myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last time I, I, I laughed, I actually giggled when they were like, can you come in? Um, and I saw the CFO sat there and there was like nine people in the room that I didn't really work with. Oh my I, just God. Start, I started laughing. I was like, oh. I know, I know what's happening here. Oh, no. um, and I, I because like, I'm like, okay, this is a sign from the universe. And I just started thinking like, you know, we put so much value in these like security um, of a full-time job when, like I said, you know, there's not a lot of security there. And I just feel like what's the worst that could happen is if I follow my heart and it either blossoms or I have to pivot into something else. Like the worst case scenario is going back to a full-time job. Yep. Which is just, is just the status quo. So like, mm-hmm. how bad, how bad is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I love that you just said that. Cause that is exactly kind of how I think. Cause sometimes when I'm really scared to make a big change, I think like, okay, best case, it all works out. Everything that I dreamed of happening actually happens. Worst case is like, so in like, for instance, like, you know, quitting a job or like quitting a part-time job and just doing business full time. I'm like the worst case is if I'm like really like not making it work and struggling and like you said, you almost need to pivot directions or change things somehow. Okay. You go back and get a job in the meantime. So worst case is exactly where I'm at, you know? And I'm like, and I knew, and even if I had to go back to do that just to like get by financially, I'm like, I already know deep down that's just a temporary thing. Cause that's not, I couldn't stay stuck in something that I wasn't like truly a hundred percent passionate about or like, felt was right for me. It would just be like, this is just to pay for what I need until I make what I really need to do work. Totally. It's funny. Cause I, you know, I talk to people back home and it's a very traditional mindset back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Newfoundland, but like the parts that I don't like is that it is a very traditional mindset and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, what are they going to say if they see a gap in your resume? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Cause like if uh, everything goes as planned, I won't need to use my resume ever again. And if everything doesn't go as planned, I can say I work for myself for a year or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> it's such a weird fear people have. I've heard of people with that same fear of like the gap in the resume and stuff. And you know, it's something else I realized too about that whole gap. Like you said, you could just say you worked for yourself or maybe someone traveled. I don't know, whatever you did in that time. 
I used to also be a bit nervous. I'm like, oh man, I've been doing this like photography in my own business for like now three years. And like, yeah, that's a big gap to have on a resume from working like a corporate job. Mm -hmm. Say if I ever decided I was like, I want to go back to work for someone. But everything I've done in these three years was not gone to waste. Like to me, that's almost like building up an even bigger, stronger resume because there's so much I've learned. Like mm -hmm. imagine hiring someone that like if it was a marketing or photography or social media job, like that's where my like skills are right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you going to hire someone who just studied it in school and has always just worked for someone or like, wouldn't it be an asset to be like, Oh, this person literally built up their social media all on their own. They like grew an audience. They actually worked with clients. They've traveled and you know, they have a huge portfolio of work. They built an email list. You know what I mean? They almost like have those real life skills and you know what I mean? It's just a different type of experience. It's not so now I view it as and nothing I'm doing has gone to waste. Like this is also very applicable if that's ever how I decided to like pivot. So, and it took a friend pointing that out to me to actually realize that. Well, and like from my perspective, I, I got out of university 15 years ago and there was no social media and I studied marketing. So anything I've ever learned in social media, I've had to learn from hands-on experience. So it's, yeah. it's the same thing as being an entrepreneur, right? It's so true. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're right. Like schooling, whatever you learned that your degree is going to be eventually outdated because things are changing so fast. You almost need to stay up to date with current things to be employable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah. you know, I, I was, before I took the leap into kind of doing my own thing, mm -hmm. uh, I was always of the mindset when I would go to interviews that, you know, some people didn't care about like the job hopping and some people did. And for the people who did, I wasn't going to sit there and justify myself. Mm -hmm. Some people saw it as a good thing. Some people didn't. And I would say that I'm like, you know, this is an issue for some people and it isn't for others. And if it is for you, then maybe this isn't the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you stand your ground on that. You're like, yeah. I'm not going to let your opinion of that change how I view it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, it was always a bad sign if I went into an interview and I was trying to justify myself. Like I, I'm selling my, myself and take it or leave it kind of thing. Exactly. I never want to ever have to feel like I'm justifying myself to anyone. Mm -mm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> um, so tell me about your business now, now that you're pursuing something you love. Um, <laughs> Let's get into the good part. <laughs> the good, the good stuff. Um, you know, it's definitely been an evolution and, mm -hmm. you know, to start from the nights I would spend in my apartment Googling, you know, how to find your passion and how to quit your job and do your dream job. Like I had no idea. I had, I knew there was something. Um, and I've always been super interested in, you know, like the Danielle Laportes and Oprah's and like just that really deep soul work. Mm -hmm. Um, and over the last, I'd say, well, since I moved to Vancouver, you know, I've been on a bit of a spiritual journey, picking up tools. So I did yoga teacher training and I did meditation teacher training and breath work and Reiki. And I've just been picking up these tools. Um, and then finally it kind of all came together about a year or so ago on just how, what that looked like. And at the end of the day, I just want to help people think differently. And a lot of it is to do the inner work and to go within and just really connect with your intuition. So that's what I help people do. I get, you know, get them out of their head through breathing um, and into their heart and whether it is finding, you know, their soul's purpose or the job that they're meant to do, or just really, you know, getting clear and confident on who they are and what they want. That's what I do now. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, that is so nice to hear. And you have you literally so much experience in like the wellness path. It sounds like with all those different like certifications and trainings you've done. 
Okay, I'm just gonna quickly interrupt this episode to share something special with you. Are you a health and wellness business or blogger that wants to grow your impact and or your income? Now we all know it's so important that people in the health and wellness industry build a brand. I know you have an important message to share. I know your products and your services are going to change so many people's lives. But first, you need to get in front of your ideal customer and start attracting them to your brand. Now, the way to do that is with beautiful brand visuals. Those are going to be the first thing that your audience notices and is going to fall in love with you for. And I know you have an area of expertise that's most likely not branding and not photography. And I know even from when I was starting in my photography journey, it can be a struggle to really take nice photos. It's so hard to get the perfect angle, get good lighting, use the right settings, um, even just figuring out posing and product styling and all that. And even after tons of time and effort, it can still turn out kind of crappy. So I don't want you to waste your precious time. And I know not everyone has, you know, extra money that they can invest in hiring a professional photographer. So I have another solution for you. And I have a course that teaches you guys how to style and capture your own brand photos. So I've been a brand photographer for over three years and I broke down my complete creative direction and photography process into nine different steps. So in this course, I go over a lot. Just a few of the things that I teach is, of course, how to take high quality and beautiful photos and which settings to use during which lighting conditions and all that. How to style products to look appealing and to really just like communicate a story and not just be placed randomly in a photo. I also teach how to discover what makes your brand really unique and how you can translate that through photos. So you really just stand out online and people start recognizing your brand. You don't just blend in with a sea of everyone else that's in the health and wellness industry. I also in this course teach you how to edit your photos because editing really takes an average photo to an amazing photo. Um, It's just one of the most magical transformations you can do. And everybody also wants that beautiful, cohesive Instagram feed because that's what is going to make people hit the follow button when they find you online. Now we all know photos are used everywhere for building your brand, not just Instagram, but any social media, they're used when you're you know, putting out content on your email list, they're used on your website, for Facebook ads, for print materials, for press releases. There's so many places where you need photos and you don't wanna use crappy, low quality photos. You wanna make sure they're very professional looking because that's gonna communicate that you take your brand seriously and you offer a professional product or service. And I know if you're in the health and wellness industry, you are probably wanting to work with brands that really resonate with your message and maybe get some sponsored campaigns going. And believe me, brands want to collaborate with you, but they really want you to be able to capture nice, high quality photos of their product. So this is also just a really great skill if that is another stream of income you're wanting to add into your current business model. So if this is something you want to learn, you can see how it would benefit growing your health and wellness business and blog. 
you can visit my website, shirookstudios.com backslash education. And I have a promo code for podcast listeners. You will receive $100 off the course with the code DREAMCHASERS. So yeah, go visit the website, register for the course, and start creating the brand of your dreams. All right, let's get back into this episode. So my next question for you is, I'm wondering, because you're saying you want to help people change their mindset and really tap into their intuition. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like, what's the first step you would tell someone to, I guess, to do or to research in order to start that? Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. I start every program, every call, every event, everything I do with a a pause Mm -hmm. and a breath. Mm-hmm. So from, you know, the things that I've learned through my own meditation practice and going through training, there's no better way to be in your body than to consciously breathe. Mm-hmm. And when you are in your body breathing, you know where you're holding tension, you know where you're holding anxiety, and you know where mm-hmm. you need to focus. So, you know, I would start everything with a breath and just feeling into your heart and really asking, you know, what does my heart need and what does my heart feel? right now and then going from there yeah Mm, I love that and that's such a it's a a much more straightforward answer than I think I was expecting (laughs) you know (laughs) and that's the thing complicated (laughs) and I think that's the thing with this work it doesn't have to be hard and like you know we have all the tools and you know I told you that I I took off for six months and went traveling I looked everywhere externally for these answers Mm -hmm. you know what is my purpose what is the path I'm supposed to take and I looked in India I looked in Asia I looked in New Zealand and when I came and I was actually a bit disappointed when I came back because I was like I didn't have any big aha moments it was an amazing experience but I never had the big, like, this is what I'm going to do because I'm very type A and that's what I wanted to happen. (laughs) I need just Um, a clear answer. (laughs) But it was when I started slowing down and tuning into my body that this is when it all started to piece together. When I started, and I like to use the word softening and just releasing my grip on an outcome and just being present and tuning into my body and knowing that, you know, in hindsight, looking back at my experiences with work and things like that, my intuition was pointing me in a direction the whole time. And for a long time, I ignored it. So it took a while to come back to trusting that these are the signals that my body was telling me. Like I, it was to the point that my body was sick. I was gaining weight. I was injured. Like my body was telling me things and it took me stopping and slowing down to really listen and be like okay something needs to change here mm-hmm. what other like was it only like those like physical like oh the, like the bad symptoms or was there other ways your intuition was like pointing you in the right direction well I mean I think crying every day on my way to work was a sign <laughs> okay yeah more of that yeah honestly um, I felt very similar at one point it's so true like you if you're really really unhappy and crying and sad and like always getting sick just anxious. I had a lot of anxiety, not sleeping, all those physical things, you know, something's wrong. Yeah. And I, I <laughs> not think to feel like that. Like it's a, it's a sign. And like we see signs everywhere. We just have to be open to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was, I think for me it was the physical and that's how it showed up in my body. Um, and it's been pretty miraculous what's been happening in my body since I've actually stepped away from what wasn't right and my body's been healing and it's been pretty amazing so it it was you know it 
intuition is a practice and it is just that it's something that needs to be practiced. And, you know, it's like any relationship where if we ignore it for a long time, it's going to take some time to nurture. Mm -hmm. That's true. Like nurture back to its full, like fully functioning self, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still times I doubt it. I'm like, you know, the head loves to, to talk. (laughs) Right. Um, And and it loves to, you know, be rational, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's still a bit of a tug of war going on between my head and my heart. And I'm sure there always will be, but now I know how to come back to my body and and tune into like, am I seeing signals? What are they? And I'm also a writer and I love to just like free write and see what happens. (laughs) I'm interesting. Okay. I want to know what it feels like when you are like in tune with your intuition. Like, does it feel different in your body? Like anytime, I don't know how to even describe this question. Just like, what does it feel like your intuition? I feel it in my heart. I feel, yeah, I do. I feel this. It's funny. I can feel it right now. Um, It's almost like an expansion in my heart. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like I stopped fighting and like, I can feel that my body's relaxed because normally like shoulders are up by your ears and you're like tense. Um, But I just feel it in my heart and I, I can talk with absolute certainty and it's from my heart. And there's been certain times, like when I look again, when I look back in hindsight, that I've had these moments of absolute certainty, I know it's from my heart. Wow. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I have certain moments in my life where I felt very guided by my intuition. And for me, the feeling is like in my gut, like in my stomach almost Yeah, like down lower, not quite in my heart, but it's like this pull. It's like something in me is just like, we know what you need to do. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm going to yeah. trust that feeling because it's so strong sometimes. And I think that's an important thing to note because it will show up differently in everybody, yeah, right? And that's the part of coming coming home to your body and really understanding what are the signals that you get. I didn't know that maybe like that it would show up differently for everyone, but that's so cool. Like I'm curious enough all the different ways people can feel it. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So now in your business, like what, how, how do you help people? Like what are the different services that you provide for them? What does it look like your client process? Yeah. So my heart and soul is in events, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. One of the, the pillars behind soul body is building sacred community. And I think it started from coming to Vancouver and Vancouver's a tough city. Um, it's really clicky and it's really hard. I, and I think it's because it's such a transient city. It's really hard to find your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also finding stepping into the spiritual world that it's even harder to find people yep. who align with what you're looking for. So holding events is where my heart and soul is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do moon circles here. Um, I'm stepping into breathwork circles, which is like mm-hmm. the most powerful thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, meditation events. And I do corporate meditation just because coming from that world, I see the need <laughs> to yep. stop and breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I work with clients one-on-one and I've got a few courses kind of in the works that are coming out. Um, but one-on-one work is where my, uh, my focus is right now. Just, and so it's two things. It's soul inquiry. So I work you through just really getting deep into your soul, into your heart. And you know, soul might not resonate with everybody, but what I mean with when I say soul is yourself, it's just coming, coming back to yourself. Um, and you know asking questions that you might not think to ask so where your blind spots might be and to help you go a little bit deeper and then the tools that I've picked up through Reiki and through breath work and through meditation are to help you either come home to your body or to get unstuck and to move that energy that has been stuck for a long time oh I love that mm-hmm. I definitely <laughs> have issues with that <laughs> but like, we all do having, like, 
we all do. We, we all, all do. do. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm like, I have stuck energy. <laughs> and, and, you know, you'll unstick it in one area and it'll become stuck in another area. And depending on how we take in life and the experiences that we are a part of, energy might get stuck. It might trigger something from, you know, a past life or if that's your thing or, you know, I your childhood. Like <laughs> oh my God, me too. <laughs> I do. I'm like, how woo woo can I get here? <laughs> oh yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> you know? And so it's interesting. I was doing a private breathwork session with somebody recently and she's like, so does it come a point where I just don't have anything to deal with anymore? I'm like, oh honey, we've got li- lifetimes to deal with. <laughs> that's crazy. It, like never stops then. No. So you almost like you need to constantly be doing these things and noticing where your next block is. Like what's well, the next thing you need to heal? And I think this is a part of like, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds and having your own self-care slash self-love practice or just like a daily ritual where you check in with yourself. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't need the more, um, you know, aggressive modalities like breath work or energy work. Sometimes it's just a matter of taking a breath or doing a little bit of journaling and getting something out of your head. Um, and that's why I think the daily practice is just like, it's like taking a vitamin. Yep. Yep. I find like, I love how you just said also breath work is more aggressive. I'm like <laughs> in my head, I'm imagining it as like such an easy, simple, like feel good thing, but it's like actually that transformational. It's like a it, more advanced thing that would give you the results. It is. So we cool. call it an act, an active meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've never done it before, the first time might be a bit like, what am I getting into? Um, the cool thing is it's all your breath. It's like, mm. it, but it, it, you're actively breathing and you're moving energy and you can feel the physical things happening in your body. And sometimes it can be a transcendental experience and super cool. And you do virtual ses- ses- sessions for that too, right? I do. The, the power of the internet, you can do it anywhere. Yeah. Which That's is super awesome. Cool. Yeah. It makes me want to do one. I feel like people would totally like hit you up for that. <laughs> well, we should, we should do one. It's cool because, you know, um, breath work is such a vulnerable thing because it? You know, it gives you the opportunity to get really raw. And you're, so essentially what you're doing is you're pushing up against your fears and your blocks pretty quickly. It gets you out of your head and into your body and you're pushing up against these blocks to bust mm-hmm. through, to bust through them essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can be vulnerable. I pretty much cry every session, like mm-hmm. ugly ugly cry <laughs> every session. Um, and it's different for everybody, but it's vulnerable. So sometimes doing it in your own space can make you feel that bit of safety you need to actually allow the things to release. Interesting. Oh, I'm so curious now. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm cu- okay. Another question I have is, so I love like having a nice like morning routine to like set the tone for my day and all, you know, feel connected, feel high vibe. Like I'm big on that. So the things I do, like I will meditate. I will do also that, um, that like kind of chant thing that we're doing with our mastermind. Yeah. I don't even know what I call it. I call it a chant. I don't know if there's a better name for it. I love it though. Yeah, I also do like visualizations kind of like I do it after I meditate because I'm like already relaxed and like kind of zen, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whatever I'm trying to manifest. Um, Also, I will journal. Mm -hmm. I usually journal after all those three things. And I always like to drink like matcha. I find it just like, you know, elevates my mood, gets me focused. Like anyways, Um, but I'm curious for what you would recommend other people to do for like a morning, a morning routine. Like, is there anything you think I should add or I don't know? I'm all about simplifying. I'm, I'm like the person who likes to simplify anything. I Mm -hmm. think that we tend to make things difficult. Um, 
I, I mean, if I, if it was my dream life, I'd be spending from like nine to 12 doing rituals. Yeah. <laughs> like literally like amazing all, all morning I'd be doing things that were like self-care. Yeah. Um, but I think we just need to make it simple. I think, you know, in the media and like on, on Instagram and things, we see people like, you know, hashtag rituals mm-hmm. and it puts a lot of pressure on us. And I think it's, what can you do just to be consistent? whether it's five minutes and like going from zero to, you know, an hour or like five things might not be realistic. So if you're just starting out, take five minutes, two minutes, if that's too much. And sometimes it could be just like your ritual is in the shower and you're visualizing just your fears and worries washing away with the water or something Mm. so simple. Um, But I, I do think it's important to have something. And I think it sends a really strong message to yourself and to the universe to put yourself first because mm-hmm. and I know now working from home and when I wake up at 6 30 in the morning it's really easy for me just to hop on my computer and go right to emails yeah but I'm, I'm making a conscious effort to stop and do something for myself first whether that is just sitting and enjoying my coffee because I think meditation doesn't have to be just breathing it's actually just being mindful in the moment and being present Mm-hmm. Um, so what, whatever it is you choose to do, and you might want to mix it up every day. If you need consistency, do one thing for 30 days, 40 days. I'm also doing the mantra, the mantra, like you said, mm-hmm. which I'm loving. And I love that it only takes eight minutes. It's like yeah, it's so quick, eight minutes done, but just make it simple. Yeah. That's it. So someone just start with something simple that feels good for them. Yeah. Interesting. And, and don't, and like, I'm a very much all or nothing kind of person. I'm either going to do it for 40 days straight, or I'm not going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. So just <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you fall off for a day, two days, 10 days, whatever it is, it's okay. It's life. Mm-hmm. And just start again. Yeah. Just begin again. It's so true. Yeah. There's like, yeah, no, I totally, I love that. Cause even the advice we were given is like, if you miss a day, just double up the next day. If you can, Simple. you're just like, Oh yeah. Okay. I did it twice yeah. today. That's no big deal. Then you don't have to be, beat yourself up over it. And if, if you can't sit down and listen to a meditation, do it while you're commuting or do it while you're, you know, walking your dog or in the shower or whatever, like multitask. Yeah. As much as like, I, I love the idea of being present. Sometimes that's not realistic. If you have a really early morning or if you have Mm -hmm. kids or you have a lot of, I don't know, whatever you have and it's just not possible, just do what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also, I really love yoga too, like as a way to like kind of move energy physically through your body. I find I notice a lot of changes when I do yoga consistently. I have a, I, it's funny that I have my training and I have a bit of a love hate relationship with yoga. Cause I feel like if I can't, if I can't get to my mat and do at least 20 minutes, what's the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that's not the right mindset. And I know mm-hmm. the mindset should be, if I can do one minute, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you know, I think it's a bit of my own journey where I've been pretty disconnected from my body and yeah. you know, a lot of it has to do with numbing to do a job that I hated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, it's, my practice is coming back to my body and yoga is probably something that because I'm avoiding, I need to do twice as much. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. You should do it. <laughs> like love it and feel good again. Yeah. Um, do you also, I also something else I'm like trying to, I'm thinking of all the things I like to do daily now is like a rip, like rituals and stuff. Something I'm trying to do more of is like a gratitude practice. I love uh, a gratitude practice. Do you do that too? It's nice, mm-hmm. right? It's like one of the best ways to like right away elevate how I'm feeling. Cause like whatever's going wrong, however, you know, bad a day could be, once you start thinking of all the things you're grateful for, 
you just feel so much better. And I literally right before this call saw someone describe a gratitude practice in a way I've never thought of before. Um, I know. Are you ready for this? (laughs) She said, like practicing gratitude every day is basically like practicing, um, getting in the vibration of abundance every day. Because when you are focused on everything that's, you already have a lot of, and you're appreciative of, and you know what I mean? You're so thankful for, that's the feeling of abundance. And I was like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. No wonder I need to like practice this more. And I don't know, anytime I practice, I just notice more good things start flowing into my life. Not necessarily even like money, even though that does happen, but like abundance of just love from family and friends and like fun, like I'm having more plans and yeah. Oh, like just more clients that I'm so excited to work with. It's, I was like, man, that is such a good way of thinking about it. And I, you know, I, from what you're saying, it sounds like you were already thinking about it, but without putting the label of it on it. Cause you're just like being gratitude, being grateful. I'm raising my vibe. And essentially yeah. when you're manifesting, you're coming from a place of high vibes. Right. Yeah. Um, I heard another person talk about a routine that they do and they call it, it's a mirror exercise and you stand in front of the mirror. And sometimes even just that and looking at yourself can be quite difficult for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but she asked three questions or has three statements that she had to finish. And she did it every day. And the first one was, you know, you say your name. So I'd be like, Laura, I'm proud of you for, and then finish the sentence Aww. or Laura, I forgive you for, yeah. and Laura, I commit to you that. And it, just answering those three questions or statements every day. That just like gave me goosebumps. Right. <laughs> I'm so for like, give me more things to do. I'll yeah, do it. Like I said, I could do self-care for like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm pro a whole one to two hour ritual every day. Like, <laughs> I think it's actually way more important than people realize because things are easier and things are work, work out better when you come from that place of like that higher vibration. You know what I mean? Like when you're in alignment, as they say, you know what I mean? Like why are we like, I almost tell myself if I'm trying to force something or I'm already feeling in a crappy mood or whatever, why am I trying to just do more, more work or more, you know, errands. Like I might as well just set aside the 30 minutes to get back into alignment and feel good again. And then things just are way easier, way more enjoyable. Totally. And it's like the first step. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most and, important step. And for people who are like, that's selfish, it's probably the most selfless thing you could possibly do. And you look after yourself first. Yeah. You can only look after other people better. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, how do you now like envision your business moving forward? Like what's your dream of, I guess, healing and impacting people through your work? What would that look like and feel like? I, I want to get breath work mm-hmm. into as many hands as I possibly can. I love that. I, you know, it, and the person who I studied under, he, he swears by, you know, I am not healing you. I am teaching you how to heal yourself. Mm. And I believe in it so much that I think it needs everybody. And whether it is the act of breath work or whether it is just meditation, and I don't like saying just meditation because meditation is, is difficult. And, um, but I just want everyone to breathe and to consciously breathe and, with that is the trickle effect to come home to your body. And that's what I want. I think that once we're more connected with ourselves, we can all just be better connected with each other. Um, The world will be so much better. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, my vision is to be, 
mostly remote and my, I include, I want to include a lot of travel in my business. So retreats mm-hmm. and intensives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a big plan to bring this work back to the East coast. <laughs> Yay. Oh my God. That again gave me goosebumps. Cause that's just where you're from. And you, and you were like, you, you just said earlier too, how like you really just want to shift people's mindset. And I feel like that's a whole side of Canada that needs their whole mindset mindset elevated. A hundred percent. I don't think I'll ever live there again, so but I sweet. think it'll be a place that I have residence where I mm-hmm. bring this and I want to bring it to everyone. And the glories of working online is that yeah. you can bring, you can bring it everywhere, which is super cool. Do you think you'll be able to, you'll like teach other people almost like certify them so then they can keep spreading the work? Um, or is that something you haven't thought about? I actually haven't thought about it. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a really great question. It just made me think, because when you said your goal is to like spread it to as many people as possible, obviously when you do events and retreats and like, if you put content out online, it's going to reach mm-hmm. a lot of people, but I almost see that being now like a way you could keep spreading your mission is to like certify other people and like teach it to them so they could. Maybe. You know, I mean, you know. the whole process that I went through to get certified in this, it, mm-hmm. it was so sacred and so special. Yeah. Um, that sounds I, so nice. I also think everyone needs to meet David Elliott. So I would oh, highly yeah. recommend his training. And yeah, yeah it, it was like, even if you plan to never teach breath work, the experience mm-hmm. of doing the training, it is life-changing. Oh, that's so sweet that you would like admire who you got certified by so much and like want I, them to go work with him. I, I have no words to explain how the training was. It's just like shifted me on like universal levels. Oh, that is so nice. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I love that. <laughs> awesome. So if people are interested in working with you and following you on social media, how can they find you and reach out? That's a great question. <laughs> um, so you can find me online. Uh, my website is soulbody.co. Um, I'm on Instagram predominantly uh, at soulbody.co as well. Um, pretty much everywhere, actually. That's that's the handle that you can find me at. Um, Facebook, but mostly Instagram is where I hang out. Um, I do some, I have some upcoming um, virtual group sessions for breathwork happening uh, or in the books. Um, and yeah. I um, love that. Anybody anywhere in the world can work with you because you do virtual. So yeah. And I've got some, check you out. I, I have some teasers coming out that are like seven minutes long, um, just so you can get a sample of what breathwork actually looks like. Um, and <laughs> And also some of the soul inquiry stuff that I do. Um, yes, yeah, so just some free content on my website. So amazing. Yes. So awesome. And I'm so interested now in learning more about breath work. Like I need to do a <laughs> session at some point because I'm always trying out new things. Like I'm always like, I want to try acupuncture. I want to try cupping. I want to oh, try, yeah. you know, journaling and these chants and all this stuff. So I'm like, breath work, bring it well, on. Sounds we good. Should, we should do a session. The one thing I say to everybody at the start of a session is come with an open mind, yep. an open heart and be open to anything that's possible. Oh, it's like, <laughs> like excited, but like anxious, like, Ooh, like what? Yay. <laughs> ever, okay. No, I'm like now like keep r- like rambling, but have you ever done like hypnosis? Um, or like no. any of those like NLP EFT techniques? Uh, so no. I've done, so I've done tapping. I've done, I've done a lot of energy work and energy work is like pretty incredible. Um, and that's kind of the path I've been down for the last couple of years. What is energy work? Like, what do you mean by that? I work with a pranic healer, um, who moves stuck energy in my body. And then she tells me what comes up and she is like a person sent from a different world. It's pretty awesome. And that's actually how I started getting into doing Reiki myself. Yeah. Um, is that in person? Yeah. 
yeah is, is, so what she does is it reiki because i know reiki is where it's like you work with someone in person and they're kind of moving energy throughout your body right that's what so, reiki is well reiki you can do distance reiki as well if someone has that kind of level is attuned to that energy you can do distance reiki so i do distance reiki sessions as well oh i didn't know that um and, and i think chronic healing you can also do by distance but it's very powerful in person there is some touch and then there's some she's just like you can feel her hands like whooshing over your body as she's like pushing energy out of the way and you can actually feel physically that stuff is happening and yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, wow, it sounds like magic. <laughs> it, it does. And like, if you're not, if you're open, if you have an open mind. Mm-hmm. And I do. <laughs> yeah, if you have an open mind, this work is very powerful. And just like mm-hmm. knowing that it's doing whatever it needs to do in your body. Yeah. Because um, like the same as breath work, you could set an intention, like I want to work on this specific block, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to go where it needs to go because it might yeah. be some, rooted in something else. Um, so the energy work is the exact same. So that's what I've been doing a lot of. I've been doing a lot of tapping lately too, and I love it. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I'm, I don't know. I'm just like so excited. There's so many things I want to try now. I'm it, always, can be over, it can be overwhelming because there's so much out there, but yeah. Right. I feel like I'm like a guinea pig. Like I'm always just like trying things on myself to see what works in my experience. And I'm so open to just trying things. I have a friend who's, who's the guinea pig. So she'll be like, oh my God, you have to try this. And I'll like go to whoever she tells me yeah. to go to. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's like who I want to be. <laughs> well, mainly because I'm just so curious. Yeah. And yeah, I've done hypnosis before and I thought that was incredibly transformational. That's why I was like asking you if you've done it. So what happens in, in hypnosis? So it's funny because I think people imagine it like, oh, some, you're, you know, almost unconscious and they can control what you're doing. That's what I used to think what hypnosis was. But hypnosis is really almost just like a really deep meditation. You, you're, it's like I read it somewhere where your brain waves are kind of like, it's like they go to that, you know, there's like different yeah, levels, like, like alpha, beta, beta, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. forget which one it's called, but it's, there's, there's a certain level right before you're asleep and like mm-hmm. dreaming. And that's like when you're meditating, but that's also the same level as hypnosis. And it's basically like you are tapping into your subconscious mind and able to reprogram it. And that's when, that's where you develop a lot of your like daily like habits and like results and like your thought, the loops that are, you're thinking on repeat is in your subconscious. Yeah. So with hypnosis, you're kind of like going into that part of your brain and like planting in new images, new realities, new thought patterns. You know what I mean? Is this the stuff that, is this the stuff that Lizzie Phillips does? Kind of. Um, I'm trying to think if I feel like, like hers is like yeah. Honestly, because since it's so similar to meditate meditations, it's just I feel like with Lacey's stuff and when you do a guided meditation or visualization, you your mind is kind of wandering still. Like you're yeah. kind of like oh what am I like imagining? When I did the hypnosis, someone was describing to me like the new what result I wanted, so they were almost implanting the new vision in me. Okay. And then, yeah. And it, I just noticed like a, the week after I was just a big change. And now I'm like, man, I want to do this, like more of this. So, but I think guided vis- visualizations is a similar result. It's anything that I think, this is my theory that has like a very, you have a very vivid picture when you're like in that meditative state mm-hmm. has like a big impact on your subconscious. So it's gonna have a very big impact on your life. So even I've done a few like guided ones and 
I did one and I literally saw myself in a jungle in Bali. And then like a few weeks later I was in Bali. And I wanted to go to Bali for years. So never been able to make it happen. Then I was just like, it's happening. And I was like, how did that shift so quickly? And it was same thing with when I did the hypnosis, I was in the process of launching a course and, you know, just trying to make a lot of things work in my business. And I had spent months like building it, marketing it. And like, um, I don't know, just like literally putting everything, all the working pieces together. Mm-hmm. And then in one week I filmed all the content, uploaded everything, um, scheduled all these client, like, um, consultation calls to like also book clients. And I had the most like productive week. And it was after I did this hypnosis where it was just me seeing myself living a very abundant, successful, happy life. And like, imagining that me in that career, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Like to see the changes in my reality after. And then, I don't know. So I'm just like, okay, there's something to this. <laughs> if you, if you like that, you're going to love breath work. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm sold. I was sold yeah. like at the beginning of the call, but now I'm like, I need to try it. <laughs> and again, I, I don't like to set expectations because everybody's mm-hmm. experience is different. But from my, yeah. my own experience, I have gotten so much clarity on mm-hmm. who I am, yeah. what my message is, where I'm going. Um, and I do find even if, cause sometimes it's just a purely physical experience and you can feel energy like tingling and moving in your body. And then for the week after I will be super creative and like super just open to ideas and flow. It's, it's really fun. I love it. Okay. I have one, I have another question. Okay. This, how often <laughs> people should do breath work to like notice like a more lasting results in their life. Cause I feel one, like one guided visualization meditating one day doing one hypnosis yeah there's an effect sorry my voice there there's an effect but I feel like you almost need to do it more consistently to notice more results I'm just curious how you recommend you know I do think that there is a point of what we're doing it um and Mm -hmm. then I think we're chasing more of a feeling than anything else yeah um I personally will do a weekly practice so Mm -hmm. I'll do a deep breath work once a week um Mm -hmm. I will and those are usually my own practices where I just like put on a playlist and do the act of breathing and, and we'll go through the process. I try to go to an event in a community once a month because the difference between doing it on your own and feeling the energy of the room of people breathing is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll try and go to one in the community once a month. Yeah. Um, but usually weekly because then I once think it kind of keeps, it's like, you know, the, the tune-ups where you just like yeah. go in and tweak and, and change. And sometimes it's purely physical, like I said, and you might feel like your forehead tingling or, mm. you know, just like your heart opening slightly. Um, and then you're just like, oh, that was nice. That was just like a meditation. And then other times it can be pretty profound, but yeah, I think weekly is, is That's doable. And if, and if it's not once a month and if you're, if you've never done it, just try it once. It's true. Wow. Yeah. I love that because it's something that I feel like once a week is doable and once a month is definitely doable. Yeah. So that's I'm also fortunate that I live in Vancouver and it's a pretty hippy dippy city. So there's all sorts of events going on all the time. Yeah. Like I've never heard of these events. I'm <laughs> Toronto has events because I want to check it out. <laughs> well, if not, maybe there's a market for me to come and do some events there. <laughs> yes. I will let you know. I'll be like, Laura, there's no events here. We need Perfect. you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. It was so great chatting with you. And yeah, everyone go follow her on Instagram and, you know, sign up for her mailing list. (laughs) Stay up to date with what she's doing. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. And hopefully this has been helpful for anyone else who feels that niggling inside that there's something else out there for them. 